Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. Featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your host, Sean X Pac Wolfman. Welcome to X Pac 12360, everyone. Just got back. We just got back actually last night. I was in Minnesota. I uh, got to hang out with my kids. Nice. Yeah, it was great. Uh, to be with uh, Holland Nash, Eric Bischoff, and um, Pat Patterson, Bruce Pritchard, Ricky Steamboat, um, Ken Anderson, Jerry Lynn. Um, shit, who else? Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, and it happened in Tower, Minnesota. At a casino called Fortune Bay, which is up in this pretty fairly remote part of uh, Minnesota, that mm-hmm. some of my family's from. So I had family members show up. Luckily, not the ones I didn't want to see. Thank God. There you go. Holy shit! Shout out to Uncle Huey. Thank you for not showing up. <laughs> Jesus. He's listening though. I hope he is. Thank you for not showing up and continue to do so. So. <laughs> Is that uh, something you worry about when you go back to Minnesota? Things like that, yeah. Yeah. And mainly just from him. Oh. Gotcha. Yeah, I am picking on Uncle Huey. Now, was this event, uh, was it live shows as well, <laughs> or just a huge meet and greet with a bunch of stars? I, was, man, I had a match as well. I had okay. a team with Eric Cannon, and I worked with, um, uh, worked with, oh, shit, Aaron, Aaron Corbin. Oh, okay. Darren Corbin? Darren yeah. Corbin. Yeah, um... And I, I had a Chikara one year. I teamed with those two in, in the trios, King of Trios. Nice. But uh, I, the other night, so it was myself and, and Eric Cannon versus. Uh, They're called 3.0. I Darren? Say. Darren? The tag team. No, I'm just saying Darren and oh, okay. this other guy that completely fucked everything up. Oh, really? Well, actually, he just fucked up the, first, the early spot. And, and I shouldn't get hot. Like, well, I should, actually, I should. Because it was so simple. Like, I lay out matches. It's like, you know, like paint by numbers? Mm. It's that fucking easy when I lay it out. And people still fuck it up. And it just blows me away sometimes that people can't get shit right. Anyways, sorry I got going about that because the guy felt really bad. But he should. And he shouldn't have been in the match. And I wish... When I go to these shows, they would put fucking talent that can do the shit I need them to do in there, yeah. in the match with so he's me. a local uh, yes. Minnesota. Fuck, that's frustrating. It makes my job not fucking enjoyable, which it, it should be the most enjoy. It's the greatest job, the greatest job in the world. It's like, but you go out there and they and they screw up these spots, and it's like. 
you know, if you're a drug addict, if you're an IV drug user, and you're trying to get that shot, that that fix, mm. you know, that's my fix now. You know, in the matches, and and when you screw it up, you're taking my fix from me, and you piss me off. Anyways, well, Eric Cannon's great. We know that. Great. Yeah. He runs the academy with Ken, doesn't he? I think he might now. Yeah, yeah. I think they do it together as partners. Yeah. So that's really cool. So, like, honestly, and and I love like have have you on wrestling. They did a great job, but bad for putting that guy in the match with me. Shame on you. You think it was the nerves of being in a match with? I don't you? give a shit what it was. Because there's a lot of people that have nerves, and and uh, it's besides me and me and hurting my feelings. The people pay to see a show, and they don't pay to see people fuck it up. Mm. And then on top of it. This huge thing that the whole, the whole apparently event is built around, Scott and Kevin uh, coming out at the end. You know, I blow my comeback, the Bronco Buster, all this. In comes Eric. Next thing you know, they get hit with a nightstick or something, and we're all down. The music's supposed to play. The most important, I'm, I mean, it was just drilled in our head. This is the most important part. They don't even fucking hit the music. So we're, I'm laying on the ground with my thumb up my ass, oh yelling, hit the fucking music. Oh, my God, I was pissed. It took forever. It just killed the whole fucking thing. Ugh. Oh, my God. So, anyways, quite frustrating. But overall, it was an amazing weekend uh, because I got to hang out with all those people. And it, the people did overall have a good time. But those were my gripes about it. Yeah, and, and I'm uh, sure the audience didn't notice it as strongly as you did, of course, because you're in yeah. the moment and you know what's supposed yeah. to happen. They no, no, honest, they know. noticed. Oh, they did. Trust me, it okay. was that uncomfortably uh, long. Damn. Yeah. So, God, oh, it's frustrating as shit. But having on wrestling did a great job uh, of putting that together with Fortune Bay, and um, uh, they're gonna have another one again next year, and it was pretty cool. Uh, let me see what else about that. Oh, but the night before, or the uh, I was not the night, a couple nights before, I was in in the Chicago area at a minor league baseball stadium show. Nice and um, weird, we- weird situation because uh, I went and and uh, um, the guy that brought me in was named Tony Scarponi, and he used to run this thing called Pro Wrestling Blitz. In the Chicago area, but he kind of shut down. But he was still working with this baseball thing. And like uh, the week before, they brought Scott in for a meet and greet at another baseball field. Anyways, but they had a show in conjunction with this that originally I was supposed to have a match on. But the guy that brought me in was had some kind of disagreement with the guy that was actually in charge of the wrestling part. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, anyways, I ended up not having a match because there were apparently they were, they didn't work out the details between this guy and that guy. Well, then there wasn't proper like they didn't even know like who I was going to wrestle or and they were trying to put shit together last minute. Oh boy. No, you have to. I have to know who I'm wrestling ahead of time. Yep. Bottom so situations line, situations don't happen like yes. you just explained. Yes, and and. Um, and it was just so the, the wrestling portion, like, and and I hope they're listening because this is it was the sh- like I don't I didn't see the actual wrestling part, 
But when you have the the the, the ring, like you know, by the people, um, not on the baseball field, but up in you know near the concession stands, okay. and there's tons of people, and I'm doing my meet and greet mm-hmm. during this during the the baseball game, and the independent wrestling outfit, they got the ring set up, and you know, besides the fact that you know they didn't look the part, most of them, sure. Um, they're fucking sleeping in the ring, like laying in the ring, all fucking laid out, like they're in the locker room in private or something. As people are, fucking, yes, oh my lord, right in the middle of the, and I'm doing a meet and greet, and not one of the guys, not one of the people, like that was on that crew, came up and introduced themselves to me. Not one of the wrestlers, not fucking one. You would think that as a wrestler, that'd be fucking, the number one thing that you yes. would do. Go yeah. up to you, introduce yourself, maybe take a minute to pick your brain, not whatever. Something. Wow. Something. I'm not like, hey, you got to come up. Like, I'm not one of those guys that sits in the locker room, and if you don't come shake my hand, I'm like, hey, what the fuck's wrong with that guy? Right. Because I'm like the guy that goes, hey, can't you see I'm busy? You don't need to shake my, like... You know, like, okay. Running that's, for mayor situation. Yeah, man. Like, sometimes you got to pick and choose when you go in for the handshake. If somebody's doing something, if somebody's on their phone, if they're talking, leave them the fuck alone until there's an opening. Yeah. I mean, I get the respect thing. Or the simple, hey. Yes. Nice sure. Hey, yeah. Spock, what's up? Yes. <laughs> so there's, it's a new, it's nuanced thing. It's not just a you go up and do it. You got to. Think, you gotta use your brain too. Well, common sense isn't so yeah. common anymore. <laughs> but like, okay, back to so what my main rant was. Ring. So you're trying to do your meet and greet. People are yeah. filing in. The so, ring. but yeah, what I'm what I'm saying is, I'm not this guy that wants everybody to bow down and kiss the ring and all that stupid shit. I don't need that. But and I didn't even think about like that. Nobody came up and 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 introduced themselves to me. It didn't even cross my mind. Somebody else came up and said, no one even came up and introduced like. And then do I went, you, oh, yeah, that's right. No one did. That's weird. Maybe the, the booker said, hey, don't bother these guys. I, I would doubt it, but you never know. I don't know. I don't well, it know. It sounds like the booker didn't really have his. So, he, that guy's yeah, not right. That's true. Yeah. yeah, no. I'm like, either way, like, you know, you're still human. A basic a, hello is, you know, right. respected. Hello, yeah. yeah, you know, just like you would with anybody else. So you say hello. Hi, nice to meet you. Yeah, exactly. But the baseball team, the the, the, the manager of the baseball team and all those that brought me in, and, and the crowd was great. Awesome. Yeah, there was the meet and greet was fantastic. And and they treated me amazing. Oh, I can't. I, what I saw pictures. People were posting that they yes. loved talking with you. Yeah. Several people were like, got to talk to Sean about his upcoming episode with Toys That Made Us. They were so excited. Yeah. So I saw pictures from this event. Yeah. So fans definitely enjoyed their time spent with you. What team was it? I don't know. Okay. Some matter. local baseball team. Yeah, Windy City, City something or other. Windy City Bar. I don't know. Cool. But um, so what's going on? Well, you know, unfortunately, we've had a rough past week in wrestling. As you guys know, I mean, I know everybody found out in different ways, but personally, I just, the same day I was at work and I kept getting text messages, this person passed, this person passed, and it was very, very weird and bizarre, but unfortunately, there were passings. We had Tracy Cadell, who was Trevor Lee's father, passed. Brickhouse Brown also passed. Nikolai Volkov also passed. And then 
Brian Christopher, uh, better known to everybody else as Grandmaster Sexy from Too Cool, passed in a very, very unfortunate way. 46 years old, hung himself in jail at the uh, in in Tennessee and he was rushed to the hospital where he was declared brain dead and it wasn't until Jerry Lawler his father got there that they did pull the plug and you know Jerry Lawler did say that he was very happy that he was able to hold his son's hand when his heart stopped beating and I know that just breaks everyone's heart to hear it's very unfortunate that you know he was in jail basically for a DUI arrest since July 7th on a $40,000 bond. Jerry Lawler was working on getting him some help, getting him to a rehab center, and unfortunately that was never able to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really fucking pissed about this. Really pissed. Because I've been in that situation more than one way. And you don't think someone that's not None something violent or 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 isn't a danger like to others. It, even then, you don't put somebody in a and that's all they can call. Like I've had people on my timeline uh, on a tweet that I put out about this. You don't put people in solitary confinement that long. That didn't do shit. And they can go, oh, it wasn't solitary confinement. It's fucking solitary confinement. I've been in it. And I don't care if you're a law enforcement or whatever, but if, if, if you've never actually been in it, I don't want to hear it from you at all. It's torture. It's, it's against the U. There's a UN Human Rights Council like shit about this that no more than 15 days. You know, and he could say it wasn't salt during confinement, it was keeping him out of, you know, to protect him. It's the same goddamn thing. I don't give a shit what anyone says, because I've been there, and I was in there for that long. It drives you crazy. You don't have to be suicidal. Right. You become suicidal, you stay in there fucking with no one to talk to, staring at the walls for that long. So I know a lot of people were saying like, oh, they were trying to protect him because of his status, and yeah, so great on and fucking so forth. Job. What about what was in there that he was able to have the ability to actually hang himself? Like, wouldn't you think that those sorts of things wouldn't be incredible? Wouldn't yeah. be there? Like, he shouldn't yeah. have those resources, especially if he is in solitary confinement yeah. where he's alone with his mind. And we know as humans, an hour of night with just alone in your head when you're not in the best conditions right. can totally affect any person. So now being in that situation, you know, it's obviously worse. So, I mean, I've been there, and I've hung myself. So, I know exactly. I, I have a pretty good idea where he was. And it's just about the worst fucking place you could ever imagine. I don't... I mean, not only are you in the lowest possible place, but you die that way. You never come up out of it. And it's just like, I can't... I. I'm not saying that some people, like, there's some really fucking bad people out there, you know, that it won't break my heart if I hear they died that way. But this guy wasn't one of them. I love that guy. I, I was tight with, with Brian. I was tight with him in WWE. And we did a lot of crazy shit together. We went out party, got fucked up together. Uh, did a lot of things. So I know exactly how Brian was. Um, but... You know, like what I was gonna say is, you the, 
biggest piece of shit ever. I don't wish that upon them. I might not be broken hearted if I hear they die that way, but I can't. I, I just I could never wish that upon anyone because I've been there, and, uh, and this fucking sucks. So, um, okay. Well, Jeff Rosenblum, who is the attorney, also says that... The attorney, he's not, he's not the Lawler's but attorney. He's, he's been an attorney for a while, yeah. so he's been involved in these cases and different stuff like that. He said that, obviously, the Lawler family deserves answers, deserves explanations, and he said that most suicides are preventable, and suicides that are in, um, in confinement are preventable. Yeah. So, And Lawler did also say that there is more to this story than we are hearing right now. So anyways, I, you know, there's, I have my ideas on how he might have done it. You know, you could take your clothes. There's, I mean, there's, when you really want to go, you can figure it out. It should have never been allowed to happen. I mean, yeah, I'm speechless about the whole thing, really. Yeah, it's just, I, I'm fucking, like, anyways, I love Brian Lawler, man. Uh, he, he, um. He was crazy as fuck, no doubt. If you knew him like I did, you'd know he was really a wonderful guy, actually. That was just, had a lot of issues that weren't caused by wrestling. We bring, and and let's also not jump to start blaming the wrestling business for everything because almost all the time we bring this baggage with us when we come into the wrestling business. Right. So... Uh, anyways, Nikolai passed. Yes. That's, uh, um, I just saw Nikolai a couple weeks ago. And, um, you know, they didn't really go into detail. They said dehydration or some kind of he thing. He had had a heart attack and refused to have the surgery afterwards. He had prior, uh, he had been in the Maryland hospital for dehydration and other ailments mm-hmm. and was released. But then he had the heart attack and refused to have surgery. And he it was, he died at 70 years old. Yeah. My mm-hmm. guess would have been CHF, congestive heart failure. Yeah. The reason. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, what a sweet guy he was. I've heard. Yeah. yeah, I had like a negative experience just because I had to wrestle him, uh, like on a, on the. Um, and I talked. And the only reason I'm bringing this up right now is because I feel bad about it because he's such a wonderful guy. But like on like a like a you shoot or some kind of thing back when I was like, you know, like doing In interviews. And, well, not just that, but you're doing interviews and like you think you have to perform an interview, you know. You're getting paid. That's why I'm not, like, you'll never see me doing another one of those again. Um, not that I have a huge problem with them. It's just, anyways, boy, my mind's all over the fucking place today. Um, what was I saying? You, you said something on a you shoot. Yeah, right? I just talked about how hard it was working with them because he couldn't bump and make my stuff look good. Sure. And and the people would, crickets, you know? And I'm not, I wasn't used to that. And it was just, you know... Um, it, it was tough. And I remember one time, like, and it was Utica, New York, because, yeah, Utica, New York. George the Animal Steel was the agent, and he tells Nikolai that he wants to see me gut wrench Nikolai. And Nikolai just looked, I mean, he looked like heartbroken. Like, what? Like, we didn't do it. But, and I don't know why George did that. Like, it wasn't funny. It was, anyways. 
I don't know why you just brought that up, but it was a memory that popped up. But Nikolai was this really, really sweet guy, and uh, um, and he was no one to be messing with at all. I want to say I, I, I heard a story of a time that uh, Manny Fernandez, who was who was considered like, a bad you know, a pretty dude. bad dude, like but a bully, raging bull. Yeah, but you know, he got his ass, he got his ass handed to him by Nikolai. Hmm. So, um, anyways, rest in peace, Nikolai. Yeah, you were a really wonderful guy. I know from my guy. generation. I know I'm not the only person. Who, the reason I know that part of the Russian national anthem is because of him. I mean, he was such a huge staple of my yeah. childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and man, was he good at at drawing the ire of fans. Yeah, and, and it was heartbreaking too because yeah. he still actually had some dates that he was going to. He was actually going to be here in Southern California. I think August like the second or third week of August. So when I read that, I was just like, oh, like there's nothing worse than reading someone's plans and then finding out that they passed. It's no. just heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. But he did seem to be a very joyous man, at least according to everyone that knew him. They said he was just a, a joy to be around and obviously lived a, a heck of a life. So, yeah. Brick House Brown kicked the bucket right after, the two, after kicking out on two, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. Prostate like, I already went through all the, like, bummed about Brick Pass, and so, like, I almost feel like it's already out there. And, like, so now I'm just like, wow, he, like, you know, he kicked up out of out of a coma or whatever he was in, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, anyways, I was just listening to this song earlier by Nucleus called Push the Button. Uh, it's on the same, I think Nucleus only had one album. Anyways, uh, but... Um, back in Mid South Wrestling, and and uh, Brickhouse was, you know, was when JYD left uh, Mid South for WWF. You know, uh, uh, Bill Watts was looking for the other, you know, another another uh, African American to push. Mm-hmm. Um, he tried several people, uh, George Wells, um, at different times. Um, Oh, who the hell? Anyways, but um, Snowman, I think he brought in from Memphis. King Cobra, maybe. I mean, there was several. Um, um, oh, Savannah Jack in the later UWF. He came out of Minnesota. But anyways, Brick, like in, the, in like 85-ish, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Joel Watts used to make these really cool music videos to like current songs or whatever. And they were pushing Brick a little bit, and they had this really cool video. And I was listening to the song earlier, and it's by Nucleus, Push the Button. Nice. And like he'd be in the disc, you know, on the dance floor, dancing with the ladies, and then they'd splice in clips of him drop kicking somebody or shit like that. And they were really cool back then. Like, mm-hmm. you know, other territories took those videos and used them. Oh, like sure. when another, when a guy would come in, you know, hey, so and so's coming, and then they would show the video. But like, um, like the early hype packages, yeah, yeah, that's great. He did a lot in the NWA too, I believe. He yeah, did. but it was mostly just you know yeah. enhan- enhancing other guys' mm-hmm. because he looked great. I, I mean, it what a great body Brick had. Um, anyways, you know, uh, yeah, fifty-seven years old. Yeah, so long. Yeah, Brickhouse. 
And then also Trevor Lee's dad, Tracy Cadell, yeah. and he did have a GoFundMe. Uh, I believe their goal was $9,000 to, help, the funer- to help yeah. funeral services. Mm-hmm. I know within the first like 18 hours, they got like close to 7000 if not 7000 which is very nice that the support is there from you know fans, the wrestling community, and even people who didn't know him. They, you, know, you can't help but to you know, want to give yeah. and help and support. I don't get, like, you know, I'm not, like, rich or, like, you know, newsflash. I'm not, you know, I'm not as loaded as I used to be. Uh, but I got enough money to give up to stuff like that, Yeah, you know. Uh, so I, I, tr- I tried to chip in. I chipped in from that and uh, not, like, trying to virtue signal here and say, oh, I did this or that, but I'm sure. just saying, like, you know, sometimes we got to come up, you know, Think about okay, maybe I if you if you like to go out having a drink or something like yeah maybe one less drink this week, you know and throw a couple of bucks towards that, mm-hmm. you know. Helping others goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. It does. Um, and I don't know if I met him or not, but I know I met Trevor and I really like that guy, you know. And it sucks, man. Like I, uh, I, um, you know, I think about what people are going through and like it. it it really it sucks because I it hits me really hard. Like I can't help it. Like it's almost like I feel a little bit of what they're going through, and, it, and it, like yeah, it kind of it's tough sometimes. Sure. Especially like with the Brian th- with the thing with Brian and, and just and putting myself in where putting myself in his head at that moment because I I can do it. Not a lot of people can, you know, and. Um, Okay. Well, uh, look, there's probably other shit that's going on in, in the world of wrestling that we could talk about, but we're not going to. We're going to take a break right now, and we're going to come back with Rich Swan in a little bit. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360, everyone. Joining us over the phone right now, somebody I'm a big fan of, and uh, He's he just signed with Impact Wrestling. I think I read uh, just yesterday. Well, I just read it yesterday. I don't know when he signed, but uh, uh, welcome everyone to the show, uh, Rich Swan. Yeah, yeah. Hey man, hey, thank you for having me on the show, man. And uh, that means a lot. Like you saying, you're a huge fan. I'm a huge fan, brother. Oh, thanks, man. I hey, Rich, uh, did did we meet at, like Maryland Championship Wrestling, something like that? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. met at Maryland Championship Wrestling. Yeah, what? Tell yeah. tell me that. Tell me about that. Like when when was that? Do you remember? I want to, I want to say, uh, man, I can't, I can't remember the date. Well, I don't. Was it was it was it Maryland Championship Wrestling or was it um, in in New York? I just assumed uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling because that's your neck of the woods. So I might be mistaken. It makes sense. I want. I want to say it, it may. It may have been uh, Excite Wrestling. Okay. The first time, the first time I had met you, and uh, like you, you had killed it. Um, and then um, Shakara against uh, El Generico, uh, and yeah. uh, that match was ridiculous in the ECW arena. I'll never forget that because like rock the one two three kid, like uh, you know. And did like, did like, y'all you know, did the brain buster, like it was nuts. Dad, <laughs> man, do you know what? That's the scariest move I've ever taken. Just because I'm afraid of heights, like I yeah, wasn't I sure. Too. I wasn't sure I was going to be able, but I, I wanted, I wanted to take it. I just knew I was, it was scared. That's all. I'm not gonna lie. 
<laughs> that, that mask was amazing, though. Hey, were you? Like, I will never forget like that. Like, the coolest thing, one of the very coolest uh, feelings I've ever felt in my life, not just in wrestling, was uh, when I came back through the curtain after that, and everyone was, like, standing uh, up and, and, you know, giving me a standing ovation and, and all that. And, uh, you know, that wasn't really a thing. You know, when I worked in WCW and WWE, you know, you just went out there and if you crushed it, you crushed it and you came back yeah. and it was just you were doing your job. So, yeah. you yeah. know, uh that was the that was a first for me. And uh and I and I was very grateful for that and like I still cherish that uh memory. But anyways, uh Rich, um man, so you hey Adam Flash and Darren Wise in, in York PA, that's who trained you? Yes, sir. Yes, Dirty sir. Deeds, Darren Wise. And you were fourteen. <laughs> you beat. Yeah, him. I was. I was four, uh, about. Yeah, I was going on fifteen years old. I uh, started trading at fifteen. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with Adam Flash and uh, Darren Wise over there in uh, York, PA, Red Lion. Uh, man, those guys are like I can't I can't say uh, like they like saved my life they guided me in the right direction yeah like when like things in life like weren't going you know yeah man uh this plan so yeah because you know you you lost your you lost your mom and and then your dad after you started wrestling huh yeah yeah so yeah i mean yes, uh that can be like at such a young age man that could be you could go down the wrong road in a second man so yeah wrestling i i feel like it saved my life too in a way like i because i started at the same age uh as you did rich and uh was there anyone else even close to your age like on any of the shows or anything you were doing uh not really no. just grown men you know yeah hey do you uh, hey. do you think like <sighs> How much do you think you learned in, in like going through camp and all that, uh, as opposed to once you got you know into the matches and uh, and um, you know started wrestling with other guys that weren't you know in the same school as you? I like I I think I learned more definitely like when I started traveling, yeah. Like and like and like when the guys would take me on the road and stuff like that, like when Flash and uh, another guy named Ray Alexander. Uh, he used to be like a big help with me, yeah. like, and he used to always like uh, push me to be like, "Hey, don't stay in Pennsylvania. Yes. This is not, you know, yeah. this isn't the cream. You better, you know, go all over. Go. It doesn't matter what you got to do. Drive like, like work for no money. It doesn't matter. Like try to get yeah. as much experience as you can." And, uh, like, that's when I started learning, like, even more, like, no disrespect to my trainers, but, yeah. like, I think definitely once you start, like, having matches and, and start traveling more, like, it opens up your eyes, like, yeah. to what the business is, you know? Hey, so when you, like, when you first wrestled, when you first had a match with somebody that was, like, not from your school, was it really crazy? Like, like it felt, like, really, like... Like when I first had a match with somebody that wasn't from the Malenko uh, uh, way of of you know wrestling from the wrestling, yeah. it, like man, I thought that they couldn't work. I thought they were bad. You yeah. know, I just I was like, what's wrong with these guys? But it was just they were trained a little different. That's all. Yeah, 
like like for for me like I was like I was scared as hell because yeah. like I, I was like what sixteen when I had my first match yeah. like I didn't know like, I I didn't want to like you know. I didn't want to be stiff. I didn't want to be light. I didn't want to be the shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. like, man, I don't want to disrespect my trainer. I want to go out here and, you know, kill it. And, like, the dude I worked, he was, like, he he worked, like, for a while. So, like, he, he knew how to take, you know, he took care of it. Nice. Well, Frankie of, Frizzo was his name. He was dope. Speaking of branching out, you know, at, at what, 18 maybe, you joined the CZW family. Now, you were part of this amazing wave of talent that kind of changed CZW in so many ways. Talk about your experience there because you were there for quite some time. And there are so many great dudes and gals that went through CZW uh, during your era. That must have been an incredible learning experience because you, you were working with all different types of uh, styles in the ring. Man, like, dude, like, Homicide came through, Trent Acid came through, mm. Ruckus, Adam Flash, um, man, uh, Johnny Cashmere, like, Danny Mop, and then, like, like the new wave had came in, like, like, uh, Sammy Callahan, Egotistical Fantastical, uh, John Moxley, who's Dean Ambrose now on WWE, Seth Rollins when he was Tyler Black, Jimmy Jacobs, all these guys and seeing all these guys like Aries, like seeing all these guys, you know what I mean? Like Drake Younger, like oh, yeah, kill yeah. it, like you know, like freaking like I'm like now eighteen, like going through C Z W and like seeing like man, these guys would do anything like to like get that E C W arena hot. So like man, like being a part of that, like I can't. I can't even explain it. You know what I mean? Like those guys, like would do some things like unimaginable, like like do like crazy spots like that. I wouldn't even be able to think of. You know what I mean? Would they in like, like the context of uh, death matches, or you mean just like a, in in like regular uh, match situations? Both, both. Like like the guys. Uh, SATs. Yeah. Uh, amazing. The amazing Reds. Like they like coming up with like like the code reds and yeah. and like crazy like uh, what was it the Spanish fly yeah mm-hmm. and uh, man and then, but like then like some of the deathmatch stuff like you know it might not be everybody's cup of tea but like for somebody to go out there and like and not just like you know. Uh, for the lack of a better term, just go out there and like beat each other with weapons. But yeah. like, like some, like these guys, like like Sammy Callahan and Drake Younger, they Oof. came up with some of the most like innovative like like death mo- like deathmatch spots like I've ever seen. Did like, you ever do any of that stuff, Rich? I've, I've never I've never done a deathmatch like no. glass or or light tubes or anything like that. But I got a hell of a lot of respect for anybody that can go out there and do that. I did you know? a few. Yeah, yeah, I did a, I did a couple of them down in Mexico. I did one with the uh, Vampiro. Oh no, with the light tubes and a couple of different things like that. But um, but yeah, um, go ahead. Well, I wanted to know when you were in WWE, what experience did you have with Vince McMahon himself? Um, man, uh, after. Uh... After the first uh, 205 Live uh, match, or, like, main event, it was me and uh, Brian Kendrick. And, um, 
he was pretty uh he was pretty uh adamant on us like telling the story and 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 selling and you know and it like he was right on that like you know everything uh like and we went out there we did like you know we we had an awesome match me and Kendrick you know and uh came to the back and he like you know he was excited he was happy like that was one of my you know first experiences like really here's the thing um, rich it, i i noticed like like cuz i followed that the 205 live since it started and i felt like among the people you were the one that connected with the fans the most the real connection like i i felt like you had it with them and and you could tell in your matches because the people weren't just popping for the moves and then dying down the the you know uh, you had the people the whole way, you know, and so that was pretty cool to see that. I appreciate that. Why, I appreciate that. Why do you think that is? Um, I don't. I, I think. I think just. Uh, I feel like I'm relatable yeah. to people. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not just like, you know, like I'm being me. Yeah. To be honest, you know what I'm saying? Like. I'm 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 just being me and like uh, and like I think it shows like in my work that like you know not like the just typical oh, I'm happy to be here but sure. like I really am grateful yeah. to be in a wrestling ring you know what I'm saying and I think yeah. that re- like that shows through and I can vouch for that uh, Rich because I I would see you uh, occasionally like not in front of the people not in the ring not wrestling but in the back. And man, you walked around the whole time with the same, like, smile on your face, the same demeanor, and, and everything. So it was, yeah, it was obvious to me that it was authentic. Thank you. And the people, you know, you can't fool the people. You can't. I mean, do you th- people think you can? You can't. Not a, not when it comes to that. You can't. So, Rich, what exactly. was the biggest difference in competing at with 205 Live and in the Cruiserweight Classic? Like, what was the difference between those two for you? Can, can you say that one more time? I'm sorry. What was the different, the biggest difference in doing the Cruiserweight Classic and then 205 Live? I think the, the biggest difference is just, uh, you know, for the Cruiserweight Classic, you're in the full sale arena and that, you know, it's a more intimate feel. So, like... They're going to dig the more fast pace, high, like, intense action. They're going to dig that. Like, like, cause they're up close. They can see it. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, I, I, I don't know how to explain. Like, but like when, when you're in the big arena, you know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta, you, you do have to, like, you gotta make sure the person all the way up at the That's top right. can see that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep, that's like, a different so like, way of working. It's a, it's definitely you definitely have to adjust between an intimate uh, venue and it's like it's like the diff- between working a uh, like a comedian working a club or a small theater or a twenty thousand seat you know arena. It's uh, Johnny. It's sure. different, right? Oh the, yeah, absolutely. There's yeah. a difference in yeah. energy, and I would imagine Rich being in the ring. You mentioned you know for a big arena. Is it just that? Because you don't know how much time you're going to have per se. Say it's the same amount of time versus small arena versus big. Are you talking about like just you up the selling more or just just amplify everything? I think just the selling, the movements. Like if you're, I feel like if you're in a big a big arena and you just move too quick and and like myself, like 
I've, I've seen it, like, and, and I felt it, like, when I, I would do something a little bit too fast and, like, you know, the people, like, it, it, it would look good, but, you know, yeah. it, it just wasn't enough time for them to, you know, register what happened. And then, you know, I go back and I slow it down and then, you know, try it a different way. You know, and yeah, it, it's, it works. it's it's weird when you're when you're trying to work for the people in the nosebleeds. Like you have to p- kind of pantomime things a little bit more and be a little bit more exaggerated and a tad bit slower with your movements. And it's yeah, it's a really weird thing uh, uh, to get used to. Yeah, it's, it makes you think of what you said. Like all the things in between the moves are what matters. Yeah, like that's what do. gets people in, and that's yeah. what will keep someone in the top row. Yeah. In your invested in your match. Hey, hey Rich, I'm I'm curious to know something because uh, I've only seen you work with other cruiserweights. How how do you like working with bigger guys? I, I like working with everybody. Yeah. Like and and I, and I like working with bigger guys because like you know it, it gives me a chance to you know try to you know tell a story and 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 make like my offense you know make sense like with the big dude and then like my selling like yeah. with the bigger guy make my stuff make sense you know yeah. like i like that challenge yeah man and, and 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 it just gives you uh more people and and more possibilities of people you can make money with in the ring exactly yeah. because that's exactly. where i made all like most of my money i'm just gonna be honest i was i worked with bigger guys and i was and you know we didn't have that cruiserweight division in wwe um like the majority of the time i was there uh so i just had to develop my style into a style where you could you know you could work uh believably with uh mm-hmm. with the bigger guys yeah that jack that, yeah. that david and goliath uh formula yeah yeah and that and like that's what like you know drew me to your style too because man like you could do that like every night with so many different dudes and like you're not a like a small dude compared to you know what I'm saying like but like man like that's nuts yeah relatively speaking that's I was dope, pretty I was pretty know? small for for the guys I was working with <laughs> hey, yeah hey yeah. Rich hey Rich uh, what would tell me about the uh, you know, uh, adjusting to the WWE ring with the style that you work compared to, other, you know, the other rings that are a little bit easier to do that stuff in? Um, you know, it, it definitely was an adjustment. Like, it, it took a, a, a little bit of my offense away. But, like, yeah. at, the, at the end of the day, like, uh, the bump was the, the bump is good. Yeah. Freaking, like, the ropes are, like, amazing. Like so, like you can adjust to that, yeah. you know, pretty well. So you, it you, doesn't matter what moves you do. You like the uh, you like the ropes in the WWE ring. It, it wasn't less sturdy. Like you didn't have to jump up on a little bit off of center for it to be sturdier. You know, like when you're doing um, springboards and shit. Well, like I definitely had cut the springboards out because I was like, man. If I springboard on these ropes and I slip, oh my! (laughs) (laughs) So I I was like, you know what? I'm gonna cut that out. I jump off the top rope. I spring off the middle like the lion salt type deal. But Uh yeah, but but yeah, those ropes they're just they're like they're perfect. They're like the the tight like the tightness and everything. But like I I do also like the uh, like the cables. 
like uh in Japan, uh Dragon Gate uh Japan they use uh they use cables. Yep. Like and like they're a little bit they're a little bit shorter and like you can do those springboards and stuff like that. So like yeah, that's pretty dope. Yeah, you could they're almost like tightrope. You could almost walk walk from rope to rope with that like yeah, they're that sturdy. WCW's rings were like that. They were they were uh built mostly of wood and and the uh and the ropes were were really tight cables. Like they would hurt you sometimes when you hit them. Yeah, you get those like bruises and knots on the back like uh Hey Rich, do you uh, mind me? Well, I'm I'm going to ask it anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> since you brought up like uh the this Thinking of uh, missing the springboard, you ever eat shit like that? Like, like you know, uh, go for something and and slip or something like that. Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. Can you share oh, any of yeah. those? <laughs> uh, it was one time. It was like supposed to be a huge match for uh, a promoter, Dave Sapolsky, yeah. uh, Dragon Gate USA, mm-hmm. and uh, it was in Atlanta. I was working. It was me, Johnny Gargano, and Chuck Taylor versus uh, Shima, Naruki Doi, and Ricochet. Oh, nice. Wow. And and both uh, me and Ricochet, within like five minutes, like five minutes of the go-home, the two most important parts of the match, both of us, we both slipped. I'm like, <laughs> it was like, no, no, not now. Like freaking Sheba was in the middle of the ring. Like I, I got uh, up and over to the apron, uh, gave him a kick. And then went to springboard. He was going to drop kick me out of midair. Mm-hmm. So I thought, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, good old me, I jumped and, you know, slip, stand, like just, I did no air slip, land on my feet, and I'm just standing in the crowd like, oh, <laughs> it's like in front of like maybe like a thousand people. Like this is like one of the biggest crowds I'm working. Like at the time, I'm like, damn, oh, right here. He just drop kicks me, boom. Well, speaking- Freaking ricochet. <laughs> and she leaves like, uh, uh, why? <laughs> I'm like, damn. How did you I'm recover? Sorry. How did you recover from that? Oh, like as soon as I landed, Shima just ran, gave me a running drop kick straight uh, through the dome. Nice. <laughs> I was like, damn. Nice. Was there it, was no time. Was it, was it like going into the finish or was it at a spot in the match where you guys could recover and get back on track? Yeah, it was it was going right into the finish. Oh. Like just yeah, because boom, he hit. He was supposed to drop kick me out of midair. Boom, uh, ricochet dives on uh, Johnny Gargano. But so ricochet, what happened to him? Freaking right after I slip with my springboard. Oh no, freaking ricochet when he goes for his Sasuke special. His back lands on the top rope, so it springs. <laughs> so it springs him back on his feet into the ring. Oh. It was like, no, this is the finish. <laughs> huh. At least you weren't the only so one. He just, so he he just slingshots out the middle, like gives him a suicide. But it was like. Oh, hey, was the it game was itself. it totally obvious to the crowd that he got botched? Uh, yeah, but the crowd they kind of forgave us. Oh, like it, it was like the last day of the weekend. Like we had been like going off like crazy. The whole match was nuts. 
And then uh, Seema and the rookie do it. They kind of like they they fix it up. They mm. they gave me like a, a double drop kick from the top rope. Like you know, like uh, damn, what was the movie? Uh, what was it called? Uh, Ready to Rumble? Oh yeah, that WCW like right. where they did like the four post massacre type deal. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like they both jump from different corners, double drop kicks, boom, uh, gets me in a quesadora, drop kick to my face there, boom, hits me with the muscle buster deal, boom, it was crazy. But like that was like all like on the fly because like it was like the finish. Sure. Oh, was, uh, Geez, my story's not nearly that good. Like I was just going to share with you because you share one with me. I was going to share one with you, but it's not nearly that good. You remember how uh, Muda, you know how Muda uh, would spring in, spring into the like he would do the handspring into the ring from the top from you know oh. over the rope when he would enter the ring. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I would do that every night. You ever, okay, you're in Japan. You ever work in Hakata Star Lanes? Yes, yeah. Yeah, we were in there one night, and I was in Universal Pro. Like, I was in the ring with Wagner, Dr. Wagner, Silver King Tejano. Um, oh, that's All these big lucha, lucha guys. Yeah, and I go, I go to come in the ring like that, and I land right on my ass. I never did it again. It's not nearly yeah. as good a story as yours, but I should have told mine first. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, sp- speaking of uh, you know rings, you're in a brand new one now. Congratulations on you know joining Impact yeah. Wrestling. I think Impact's going through an incredible renaissance. Slammiversary, start to finish, was just phenomenal. Uh, you know, we're seeing matches that we never thought we could have saw six months ago. A few weeks ago, you let off the show. You and Phoenix. Did you ever think? I mean, who knew that match could have happened? Oh man, I love working Phoenix, man. He's he's like one of the best. Like, and I'm not gonna say like he's like the next Ray Mysterio or anything. Like, he's the first Ray Phoenix. That's like, right. That's how you put it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That dude, like, he can do some of like the most ridiculous things. Like, I like I ain't gonna put no bad juju on that boy, but I ain't never seen him slip on no springboard. No, like he's like the man. But I can't say enough about that to you. And tell us about your excitement uh, with being with Impact now. Do you plan on going heavy with the X Division, or would you prefer to just anyone throughout Impact Wrestling? Because there's a the, the roster is really strong. Man, the roster is amazing. You got Sammy Callahan, you got Brian Cage, you got Homicide, you got Austin Aries, Moose. Like the list goes on and on. Like man, like wherever like I land an Impact, like. I'm happy with because, like, I'm I'm just trying to have like you know great matches, and uh, like I'm happy like I'm with Impact. You know what I'm saying? Like the company's growing, like it's on national TV, like, and like you can't even like ask for like 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 I can't I can't keep on going on and on about the roster. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like they like and it's guys that you know what I'm saying they they're working everywhere it doesn't matter if it's ring of honor or if it's you know what I'm saying new japan like like that slam anniversary you know pay-per-view had a sprinkle of everything and like and it it culminated and made it like boom this is impact 
Like... Well, a lot of the fans, they were that was one of the things they were saying was that everybody, that they got something that we haven't really seen with very many other promotions, and that was one of the reasons why Slammiversary was so successful. For you, what do you think it is that Impact is doing or has to do to continue going upwards? Uh, what I think they're doing, like, the, the production value, amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the, like how they present, you know... Uh, stories and, and, and promos and packages as, uh, you know, as unique. And I think that catches people's eye. Um, and also, I think another thing that, you know, has impact going on and the upward, uh, you know, is just the wrestling. Like, the wrestling right now is hotter than ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... And- <laughs> I think would you you would agree with this when it comes to Slammiversary, that pay-per-view built so great from start to finish. It gradually just got more and more intense. And then just when you thought no one could follow what Sammy Callahan did, that guy was foaming at the mouth. Aries and Moose had an incredible match to close out the show. I mean, it's it's a great time to be part of Impact for you. Like 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 th- th- those matches were insane. Like and like and like you took the words right out of my mouth like just when you thought, like, man, how are they going to top this? How is this match going to top this? How is this? Like, you had, like, freaking Shamori, Petey Williams, uh, Johnny Impact, and, and yep. Phoenix going out there doing things like, like, I never would have thought. You know what I mean? Like, Canadian Destroyer, oh, Spring Spring, Double Stop, oh, Stop them, freaking start, like, the, the split-legged moonsault, like, like some of the most like craziest combinations and then like like you got Sammy and Pentagon like with the spikes you know what I'm saying and a little spoiler like they're like hammering each other like in the head with spikes and like how do you how do you top that <laughs> you know what I'm saying how do you top that oh Moose throws freaking Austin Aries from the ring to the crowd you know to the floor like that's how you top it like these guys like you know, willing to go out there and, like, kill it for these people. And, like, I'm happy, like, that I'm in this company and, like, I'm going to get these opportunities. Do you feel like it's it's make you a better performer being around all these guys? I know that's probably, that's actually more of a rhetorical question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. For sure. Hey, who are some of the guys uh, you're hoping to be in there with over there, man? I know that's kind of a who's your favorite opponent question but i'm curious like what matches you see uh or do you have anything in in mind like like i definitely i would love to work with sidell oh, i've yeah. never got to have a match with him uh wow. yet love to work with him i would love to work with uh desmond xavier i've had a i've had a match with him uh in czw and like i think he's one of like the brightest stars out there right now oh yeah uh Hey, how are you, how do you um, how do you feel about tag matches, Rich? Oh, I love tag matches. Yeah. I love tag matches because, like, it's that element of pro wrestling. You know what I'm saying? That you're not going to see out of any other yeah. you know sport. Hey, if you're not in an important singles match, would you rather be in a tag match? Let's just say that one more time. If, bet. if you're not in an important singles match, would you rather be in a tag match or a six man? So you know you couldn't kind of you know conserve like bumps and things like that or are you not at that point in your career yet um i i, I feel like 
wherever wherever they would want to put me. Like, uh, I'm cool with, like, if it's a singles match or a six-man or, yeah. like, I mean, like, uh, I feel like if, I don't know, I don't know how to put it. Like, maybe in, like, some of those singles matches, maybe I'll, you know, take out or take less bumps yeah. and try to, you know, try to figure out, you know, something to try to save my body. Uh, but like, I'm not opposed to, you know, working singles matches, but like I do, the uh, wrestler doesn't love a six man or a tag match, you know, they, and again, it does save your body. Like you said. Yeah, exactly. What I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to be like, Oh man, mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I will for sure. Gladly. You know, hey, what's um, uh, what's your schedule like right now? Uh, right now, uh, I'm doing uh, the impact thing. Like, they're working uh, every month now, and yeah. I'm picking, I'm picking up uh, indies now. Like, I'm doing like maybe two shows a week, so you know, it's pretty decent, oh, pretty nice. okay. And then like for the impact tapings, you know, it could be like two, you know, two matches per you know day. And it's usually like two to three days for the tapings. So I'm working a pretty decent schedule right now. And speaking of which, how were the tapings last week? Can you can you say that one more time? I said how were the tapings last week in Canada? Oh man, they were amazing, dude. Good. Good. They were crazy. Like like and it, and it was like it was good and refreshing to see because like, you know, like usually like in Orlando and you know, sorry to not go in Orlando, but like, if they were to do like, you know, for example, they did that redemption, the redemption pay per view in Orlando, and then like the next, you know, couple days they did the taping, and like, they kind of just die and die, and it doesn't look good, you know? Like, but like, for these tapings, bro, they were alive, like, for both of the days, like, it just made like it makes everything look look better. It looks presentable. You know what I mean. So they so what? How did they how did they manage that? They just didn't. Uh, they just didn't. Um, no, not not overkill. How do, how do the people stay that that live? Is it are they different crowds each each taping? Uh yeah yeah like for the most part or, or most people uh, will uh, come back from the day before, but like. Like they they killed it. Yeah, I think the fans in Toronto just aren't taking you guys for granted. Whereas in the impact zone in Orlando, I think that become it became a routine for them. Whereas the fans in Toronto are like, wait, we have a great thing here. Let's yeah. make sure that we show them. And I think that's what's happening. Nice. Yeah, because yeah. they haven't really had anything like that up there. Like everyone thought, like, okay, we're going to open a wrestling company, and we got to take we got to do our tapings in in, in the states. Mm-hmm. I got, yeah, okay. I like that that they that they just figured they'd keep yeah. it closer to you, home. You also noticed it during Slammiversary because even when we were saying like, "Oh, how can Austin Aries and Moose keep up?" Part of that we have to give credit to is also the fans because they were, you yeah. know, they could have easily just been like, "Oh man, that was good." There, I'm tired, you know, yeah. and not done anything after that. But I'm telling you, like, the crowd was super lit for mm-hmm. the entire show. Like, they were moving along appropriately, corresponding to the matches. So yeah. you know how like each match got better throughout the show. So did the audience. Mm-hmm. Are like, okay, like. This 
this is good. We know we're at a really good show, something we haven't seen in a while. Yep. So let's keep up the energy, et cetera. And, and they really did. There was no jadedness that you get from a 2018 crowd. It was really great from start to finish. Hey, hey it, it, was, it was dope. Rich, have you noticed a difference or like a shift in the way like the wrestling, the independent wrestling fans have become? Because I think they've be, they they've gone from being the types that would go "you effed up, you effed up" and chant stuff and try to hijack the show to to being like all in. And, uh, I don't mean to, no pun intended on the all in, but you know to wanting to be a, a part of the show in a good way and 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 you know. And they're reacting and uh, to what they're supposed to react to, like Rocky Horror, knowing when to throw yeah. the rice kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. It seems like the the, the independent wrestling crowd has become so, a, a much more positive thing than it used to be. Uh, I, yeah, I totally agree with that because, like, man, like where like people would back in the day, Chad, you effed up, you effed up. There, it's more like. They're more encouraging, like the wrestlers, yeah. like to, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, they're gonna get back on track. Everything's okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's not vindictive like that sure. right now. Like, and like freaking, I feel like, like right now, especially like with independent wrestling, and there's such a variety, a wide variety where you can choose. Like, you can see literally anything and everything. Like, yeah. anywhere at any given time. Like, independent wrestling right now is crazy. <laughs> like, but like freaking um, man. Like, I feel I feel like the the crowds like today, like the. They feel like wrestling's cool again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like it's cool to be like I'm a wrestling fan. Like you can you can go in like Hot Topic and all these other you know places and get Bullet Club and Young Buck T-shirts and New Japan merchandise and then like you can get like Ring of Honor stuff and 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 like it's it's crazy. Like yeah. and hey. that's independent you know wrestling right now. Hey, Rich, are you going to be around the, the all-in weekend in Chicago? you going to be over there? Uh, I am going to be in Chicago that weekend. Uh, okay. What are you doing there? Uh, I'm going to have a – it's going to be a show the next day. Right. Um, Warriors of Wrestling. Um, it's going to be pretty dope. It's going to be pretty dope. But uh, I'm not going to be uh, – I'm not invited to the all-in. Uh, I'm not sure or not, so – but like that show looks really dope as well. Of course, like anybody who's anybody should you know check that show out because it's gonna be amazing. And do you know who you're working with? Oh, on the the uh, Warriors, Warriors of Wrestling. Wrestling? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be me, Sammy Guevara, Rey Mysterio. Um, man. So I, wow. I gotta look. It, it's so many. It's uh, eight. It's eight guys. It's uh, it's gonna. It's, I think it's called the War of Attrition match, where it'll start out as a an eight man tag. Yeah. And then the four winners will uh, do a four way, or no, then the four winners do a tag team. Like they split and they choose whoever won. You know, got the pinfall in the eight man tag. You know. They choose who they want their partner to be. 
So then after that, they have a tag match. Then after the tag match, the winners of the tag match face off in a singles match. Wow. So that's going to be insane. I'm getting my cardio ready for that. Who are you hoping to stand toe-to-toe with at the end of that match? I don't know, man. Like, I mean, Ray Mysterio for sure. But Have you gotten to work Ray in his singles yet? I've never gotten to work Ray. Never gotten to work Ray ever. Hey, have you ever have you ever been in the ring with somebody like that you grew up watching? That you were like, oh man, I'm in the ring with this guy. Like, because I've been I've been able to do that, and it's a it's an amazing feeling. Yeah, yeah, Brian Kendrick. Yeah, Brian Kendrick, a couple of times. Like, I like I can't say enough good stuff about that man. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, he's great. Of all time. No doubt. So what was it like to be in the King of Flight that Brian Kendrick booked, which was basically all the top high flyers in the world wrestling in a tournament, and then to go on and face him for the cruiserweight title in the WWE in the new formed cruiserweight division? I I thought it was dope, man. Like, we had first met at at Dragon Gate USA, and, you you know, he took a liking to me, and, like, that meant the world. Like we we had a singles match there, and then like uh, in, in Japan he hit me up and he, he was like, man, you know, I'm doing this tournament and I'd really like to have you in it, and that was an honor, you know what I'm saying? Like, and from there, like, freaking do the tournament, all these sick guys and like the young bucks were in it, um, Ar Fox, uh, Samurai Del Sol, who's Callisto now. Uh, Man, Ricochet was in there. Uh, like it, it was crazy. It was, it was nuts. Wow. Do you ever um, think you'd go back to Dragon Gate or maybe Tushima's Oriental Wrestling Entertainment? Can, can you say that one more time? Do you think you would ever go back to Dragon Gate or maybe even Shima's uh, Oriental Wrestling Entertainment? I would. I'd work with either. You know, and like Shima's helped me out like so much in my career, especially in Japan. Like teaching me in the ring and out of me, out of the ring and you know etiquette and stuff and like, like I definitely would work with either. Hey, uh, you guys, it's getting uh, at the end of the show. Let's let's uh, give last round of questions. You have any good ones you yeah, wanna? Yeah, I I really want to know. I know you're a huge Vader fan. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the passing of Vader. Man, I, like everybody was sad. Like I know I. Like, I thought he was dope. Like, I got to meet him a couple times. He was nice to me. Like, I, of course, I really didn't know him, like, personally like that. Like, but, you know, as a performer, you know, like, and, and as a, like, a guy that I met a couple of times, and that was really nice, you know. It's a, you know, it's a loss. And, you know, like, I know I watched a couple of, you know, Vader matches and uh, Vader Moonsault highlights, you know what I'm saying? But, like, he's definitely going to be missed, you know? Awesome. Uh, for me, I just want to get your thoughts on the presentation of, of Sue Young with Impact Wrestling. I think that's the, the best presentation in pro wrestling right now. The, the everything, the undead bridesmaids and her. Just what are your thoughts when you get to watch that? Yo, man, like, it's it's chilling because, like, that's somebody that I see every day. and But, like, to see her transform and her character... And, and especially, like, how they, you know, push behind it and, like, the product and, like, how they shoot it and, like, how she, you know, like, she just makes it her own. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's definitely, like, 
like Muda esque, but like she turned it into her own. You know what I'm saying? Like, like for example, like one of the dopest like clips that they done that they did, you know, for for her was like when they had all the bridesmaids around the casket that they put Rosemary in, and you know she's got the Impact you know Knockout Championship, and then like she's you know posing like she's about to do the mist, but it comes out fire and burns the coffin like that was insane like the production value of that was nuts it was awesome like that's just that's just another you know what i'm saying like thing to show that like impacts on the rise you know what i mean and like she definitely works that character amazing so my last question to you is what do you have to say to the people that have yet to give impact a chance to you know watch and so on I'm sorry, my my phone's all crackly. Can you say that no one worries. more time? So for you, what's something that you would like to say to the fans that haven't yet given Impact a chance? Hey, I'm just saying, give it a chance, give it a look, give it a watch, give it at least five minutes. And if you don't like what you see, you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm just saying, give that thing a watch because it's entertainment. It's professional wrestling. It's everything that you want. And, you know, it, like, it's everything people have been asking for. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's 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 just amazing. It's like people are going out there giving, you know, their bodies, their, their blood, sweat, and tears and just killing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, no strings attached. Yeah. Rich, hey man, I uh, like I shot you in in the DMs. You know, we were going back and forth, and and I was telling you uh, how grateful I am to have you on the show because we don't know each other really, except for you know a couple little meetings, um, encounters. But everyone that does know you, they tell me that uh, as great as you are in the ring, you're an even greater human being, and I'm so happy that things are uh things are going well for you man because you deserve it and uh and i'm i'm really wow lula's over here snoring uh i'm really looking forward to uh to seeing you uh soon man hopefully sooner rather than later and 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 real real quick um if anyone wants to book you uh any merch stuff like that that you have out there, like are any any that you want to share with us, you know, Twitter handles, this and that, websites? Um, you can hit me up on uh, Twitter at, uh, at Gotta Get Swan. Yeah. And then uh, for booking, you can uh, contact me on my email, richardswan24 at gmail.com. And, uh, man, I just appreciate you guys having me on here, and I appreciate all the fans, you know, giving me this shot and, you know, I get to live my dream and work. Yeah, man. There's nothing better. There isn't, man. Even oh, yeah. the struggle stack go along with it, man. It's the greatest thing in the world, living your dream. Uh, and congratulations, oh, yeah. man, on living yours. So um, I, I hope to see you again soon, man. Hey, Rich Swan, everyone, make some yeah. noise. Hey, Sorry. thank you for having me. Right on. All right. Okay. 
<sighs> Next time we have to have him sing a song with his guitar. Yeah? Definitely. Okay. He's so talented. But before we get out of hey, here. Hey, well, hold on. Oh, go ahead. Let's. Did, are, were you going to mention the live uh, podcast we have coming I up was. at Bootleggers? Okay, at go bootleg, ahead. August 29th at the Bootleg Theater. More details will come. Follow Sean on Twitter at The Real Xbox to find out about tickets and who our guest's going to be and yeah. what the format's going to be like. Also, uh, Use the hashtag for the show, hashtag XPOC12360. Upcoming dates, along with the Bootleg Theater on August 29th, is a meet and greet at Pro Wrestling Tees on August 25th from 12 to 3. And while you're there, go on ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waltman and buy the t-shirts. And then you'll be headed to Japan in September. On September 26th, you're going to be tagging with uh, Nosawa. Yeah. It's Dick Togo and Takamichi Noku. And, and some, some other guys, guys that, yeah. It's nice. going to be great. Follow yeah. me on Twitter at Jimbo in the Booth. Awesome. You guys can check me out on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Of course, YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Lots of awesome stuff on there, so come say hi. All right. At Jake Wasto, August 16th, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm back for one night to do a comedy show. Uh, Red Carpet Rumble, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, August 26th. And BlackCraftWrestling.com, buy the iPay-Per-View, August 24th from the Pittsburgh Grand Hall. It's going to be great. All right. We'll see you next year. See you next year. We'll see you right here next week on XPOC 12360, Westwood One, After Buzz TV, and the Jericho Network. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, and the entire Xbox 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow Xbox on Twitter at The Real Xbox and email us at Xbox12360show at gmail.com. The Westwood One Podcast Network.